This is episode 418, Healing Your Relationship with Your Children with Gail. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. As usual, so happy to have you here. If you hadn't had a chance yet to leave a rating and review for the show, I would really appreciate it if you did. It's easy to do. It doesn't take long and it means so much to me. What also meant so much to me is hearing from so many of you over the weekend when it was my birthday. Yes, 9-9 is my birthday. And one of you sent me a little Instagram post that had the most popular birthdays and I think most of them were September, all those Christmas and New Year's Eve snuggles leading to September babies. But September 9th, I guess, is one of the most popular birthdays in the US, if not the most popular. So I'm sure many of you have birthdays on 9-9 or around there. So happy birthday to all my fellow Virgos. But birthdays are such a beautiful time to reflect to me. That's my new year. I don't really celebrate New Year's on January 1st. I use that as more of a year in review. I really celebrate my new year on my birthday. And one of the things I always reflect on is how grateful I am for this podcast. We're going on nearly 10 years, if you can believe that. And I'm so grateful to all of you who have been with me the whole time. And those of you who are new, welcome. As a reminder, every Wednesday, I put up an unscripted, unproduced, unedited life coaching session. I know nothing before going into the session and every Saturday I air a coach's corner, which is an interview with someone or just a little tidbit from me. So today's episode is mainly about healing a relationship with adult children. And I'm definitely no expert on having adult children because my child is definitely not an adult. But over the years of doing this, I have learned to really tune into people and their circumstances and also trust my intuition when I get a strong nudge to nudge someone in a particular way. As usual, I always go back to someone's own inner knowing. You know, why I think a coach is helpful at times is because sometimes it's hard to decipher whether it's our intuition or our fear. And that takes practice and that takes getting to know ourselves. And when there's a lot at stake, it can be even higher, higher. For example, my intuition can be spot on coaching, but with my own daughter, it can be a, a little fuzzy because sometimes my fear or my worry can be stronger and it's hard to discern between the two. So I gave Gail some strong encouragement and encourage her and all of you to always go back to really listen to your, your own self. And I really believe that great coaching sessions or great therapy sessions are helping guide the person to their own best answer. And I know at times when I'm reaching out to someone and I'm really looking for some advice, I actually really am looking for some perspective. I don't want someone to tell me what to do. However, I yearn for someone to reflect back to me what they're getting and what they're feeling. And then I leave it up to me to decide. So I still empower myself. I really appreciate that feedback. And so that's what I offer Gail in this session. Totally 1000% up to her, what she chooses to do with it. As you're listening to this episode, consider do you have any children that you're estranged from or that you have a rocky relationship with and you'd like to repair it? Quote unquote, should you be excited about things in your life, but you're having a hard time accessing joy? 
Do you ever feel like you want to tell the truth about something, but you can't because you're protecting someone else? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Gail. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this week, which is Caraway Cookware. So Caraway's nonstick kitchenware makes cooking a breeze and cleanup easier than ever. And it is non-toxic, which I'm obsessed with. Their chemical-free ceramic coating means food can be prepared with peace of mind so that no hard-to-pronounce chemicals will leach into your healthy ingredients. All of their products are made without toxic materials like PFASs, PTFEs, PFOAs, and all those other hard-to-pronounce chemicals. Plus, their slick surface means easy cleanup, which as a mom, I so, so appreciate. I love Caraway. I love how beautiful they are, and I love that they have all kinds of stuff. So I have their pans and pots, which I love, but I also just got their muffin tin, their muffin baking thing, whatever it's called, because Athena really likes muffins. Well, certain muffins. We had to try about four different ones before we got it right. But I know that I can cook in these muffin things and they're not these, you know, ceramic coated, awful, toxic things. And I can trust that I'm giving her these healthy muffins. They also have their like Tupperware set, their storage set, which I love as well. Got it all. Like I said, I'm a big Caraway fan and I want you to be too. So you get 10% off when you go to carawayhome.com slash over it. Again, 10% off. You spell that C-A-R-A-W-A-Y-H-O-M-E.com slash over it, or just use code over it at checkout. Again, caraway.com slash over it for 10% off or use over it at checkout. All right. And now onto my coaching session with Gail. Gail, welcome to the show. How can I help? Well, I want to talk to you about um, getting over, I guess, the breakup of a a long marriage and just getting back to joy again. Mm, Okay. What are you struggling most with? How we broke up and the damage it did to my kids and Mm. my role as mom in the family. Mm. So you're carrying around some... Guilt and anger? Yeah, and grief. Yeah, in grief. The, in the midst, like we were just three months into our separation and my husband very suddenly died mm. in a very kind of traumatic way and uh, shocking, you know, me and the kids. So there's so much that was left unresolved. Oh, okay. So we have an end of a marriage and a death to process. Mm-hmm. And it's been five years. I've... I, and I, I did your over it and on with it online course, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed and it was very helpful and it did help me move through a lot of the emotional part of this that, you know, I just couldn't seem to get past. But now I'm just left feeling kind of numb and not able to find joy. And I yeah. feel like I, I should be joyful. I, I am in a relationship with someone else and I'm engaged to be married and <laughs> I don't know why I'm not where there's why the joy isn't there. When you say joy, what do you mean? Where just the daily things in life that should be joyful, you know, fill your heart and and I'm and looking forward to planning this wedding and being excited about it. I'm I'm just not feeling it. And it has nothing to do with him. I I'm very excited about marrying him. It's just Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's several reasons this could be happening. 
one of which is when we have the end of a long marriage. So I imagine it was like several decades of a marriage. 28 years. Yeah. Yeah. And then the unexpected death and seeing the impact on your children. There can be a fear to be happy again because we're afraid we're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. So my hunch is that you're in a bit of a self-protection because rationally, you know, I quote unquote, should be happy. I'm engaged to this man. We're planning a wedding. There's a part of you that's like, mm, you know, you could have tragedy again. You could have loss again. Mm, there's, that's very true in, in, two, in several ways. One, when my husband and I split up, he really poisoned the kids. He involved them in a really um, just not appropriate way in, in our breakup. And some of them were estranged from me for, for a couple years. And uh, I, was such, I was a really good mom, and I was really close to those kids. And so, yes, as I'm slowly building back my relationships with them, yeah, maybe that's part of my dread, too, is going ahead and getting married does that jeopardize that all over again? Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. What are you afraid it would jeopardize? Well, my kids, my kids don't know the whole story of my marriage and why it broke up. And there's, we don't talk about it a lot now because now he's passed away and they've said he's not here to defend himself. So we're just going to leave it. So that leaves a lot of things unsaid and unexplained. And they feel that the person that I'm marrying now is the reason why our marriage broke up, which isn't the case. But Was the person you're marrying now in your life when you and your husband split up? Yes and no. <laughs> we had split up quite a long time, like two years before we actually split up, but Mm. the kids just didn't know. And I didn't tell the kids because two of my daughters had announced they were getting married. And I thought, I can't let them know this right in the middle of this. So I was hanging around under false pretenses. Mm. (laughs) And I had started to see this person. Mm. And so my husband used that as the reason why we split up, even though it wasn't true. Mm. Mm, okay. How many children do you have? Four. Four. And two of them, are the relationship kind of rocky? The relationship is good now. We, we're back to being in each other's lives, but they haven't met my fiancé. And okay. they're not, they say they're not ready to. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's the mom part of you, and then there's the woman part of you. Right? The yes. woman part is in love, is excited to get married. And the mom part of you, you never stop feeling your kids no matter how old they are. And it feels their grief, feels their confusion, feels like you want to be able to tell them the truth, feels, um, you know, you, it feels like, oh my gosh, I don't want to lose them. So there's this part of you that I think it's twofold. The, I'm afraid to be happy because I don't want to lose again or I don't want anything bad to happen. And specifically, I'm afraid to be too happy because it might jeopardize my relationship with my kids or they may think I'm selfish or they may think that, you know, it's my fault their dad isn't alive or whatever any of those thoughts may be, Um, you know, and 
I, I talk all the time about like it doesn't matter what people think, but when it comes to your kids, that doesn't really apply, you mm. know, because we no, feel them so deeply, feel mm-hmm. them so deeply. So if there is one thing you would want your kids to know about how you – just about anything, what would it be? Hmm. I feel like I've said it. Maybe they didn't hear it, but – I guess I'm just so sorry that I hurt you and I spent my whole life protecting you from being hurt from anything else. And yet I was the one that hurt you the most. How do you feel you hurt them? Mm, My choices, I guess. The way it ended. I could have done it differently. What could you have done differently? Mm, I could have waited to start this relationship or I could have um, tried to talk to them and be honest with them instead of hiding it from them. Okay. So knowing that now, like one of the things being honesty, what I'm also hearing is there's a part of you that's afraid to be completely honest with them now. I'm okay to be honest with them now. I think they, they're just not open to talking about it. They want to leave it in the past. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you want to respect that? I do. I, I, I will respect it and I want to do that, but I also, it feels unjust. Yeah. Well, one thing you possibly could do is write each of them a letter, um, sharing whatever you want to share and leaving it up to them if they want to open it. Hmm. That's interesting. And then it's up to them. You give them the letter, you say it's up to you whether you're not to open it, but I needed to tell you the truth. As your mom, mm-hmm. it, I can't not be honest with you, and I respect that you may have certain boundaries. Um, here's the information. I've put it out there. You can choose what you want to do with it, but I can't hold it inside anymore. I needed to get it out somehow. And this is the best way I know how with also respecting your wishes. Does that involve not crossing a line where you say anything about someone who's passed away that's not flattering? Well, you can just share from your perspective. And this is, you know, people may disagree with me on this, but I read a book by John Bradshaw years ago. It's part of my master's degree program called Family Secrets. And one of my biggest takeaways from the book is family secrets are toxic. And even when you're trying to protect people from something, on some level people know and then subconsciously end up playing out similar patterns. So from my perspective, truth with love, truth delivered with love is important. So it's not about bad-mouthing your ex. It's more about these are the facts. This is what happened. And you can form whatever opinion or judgment you want from it. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is very intertwined with um, their Christianity and their religious, like their beliefs. How so? Well, we raised them in an evangelical Christian home, and uh, they see it as, Mom, you're a fraud. You raised us 
believing one thing and that you believe this about your vows and about marriage, but you did this completely opposite thing. And dad, on the other hand, is up here on this pedestal where he didn't do anything. And so on the technicality, well, he broke every vow except for the, you know, stay together and be faithful vow, but everything else, no. So I think a lot of that is entwined in their feelings like Mm -hmm. and if they were to forgive me and say well that's okay well what does that say about what they believe yeah and I get that what do they believe about forgiveness yeah interesting I think on paper it's a lot different than what played out in real life Mm -hmm. they say to me we forget I forgive you but it's not followed through with actions right I think there's a lot of hurt there and grief that they're still young. I get that. How old are they now? Well, now they are between 23 and 30. Which is young, but old enough to, you know, have an adult perspective on some things. So, Yeah, younger when it happened. Yes, Yes. that's where we are now. Yes. So... Are you still a practice? Do you still practice the same religion that, that, that they do? Mm, I would say not practice. I think my beliefs are intact, but since COVID, no, I haven't. And since all of this, it's been, yeah, it was a difficult thing yeah. to happen when you're very involved in a church and to see how people in, <laughs> in church perceive what happened and make judgments. And it was, yeah, it's very surprising. Yeah, well, religion is an interesting thing because um, it's supposed to be about love, but it also has a lot of rules, which also have a lot of judgment. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we, you know, it's important to be mindful of, like, looking at our beliefs and asking ourselves, does this belief have judgment interlaced in it? Um, because if it does, then that's not really love. So Mm -hmm. the reason I keep asking you about this and kind of going down this road with your kids is because there seems to be, like, even though I know rationally you may know you didn't do anything wrong, there there is sort of this energy of, like, punishment or penance that I feel in you that is presenting in, like, not being able to be joyful about anything in addition to protecting yourself because you don't want to get hurt again. So like what's going to free you from like the heaviness that you're carrying, especially because of how your children feel, what would free you from that? If things went back to normal with them. And what would normal be? Well, back to being the mom that they respected. It seems like it's slowly happening. I just purpose to continue to be the same mom they always knew and just show up as me. And I think that is is working. They know, yeah, she does love us and she didn't abandon us and she is there for us. And she is that mom that was there for us. Like, I think it's slowly starting to happen. It's just not there yet. It's taking a long time. Are you being passive and letting them lead or are you actually taking a lot of action to show up 
I take a lot of purposeful steps, intentional steps in relationship with them where, you know, I try to make things happen, but I don't push them to talk when they're not ready. I, yeah. I bring it up every, you know, few months or six months or something, you know, can, can we talk about this? How do you feel about this? And I let them lead there. Yeah. Well, and that may be part of the dance right now because there could be something happening with your kids where they really want to see you fight for them a little more. And let me ask you this. Were you passive in your marriage? Hmm. Wasn't passive. I don't, I think I stood up for myself, but my husband was very strong and was very hard to mm-hmm. win an argument with him or out talk him. Mm-hmm. And who do you think your kids respected more mm-hmm. and didn't push around more? Depends what the topic was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was me taking care of them in the day to day, you know, sure. get, get homework done, do well stuff. It was me. But as far as who's the leader here and who's got all the smarts, that's dad. Right. Right. So now that dad is gone, Gail, it's your turn to be the leader of the family. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a level of treading too lightly that you've slipped into, understandably, because of fear of being estranged or rejected by them again. But to put it bluntly, I think, I think, and I could be totally wrong, I think you need to fight for your kids a little harder. I just don't know what that would look like. That's, um... Well, it may look like, I know you may not be ready to talk about this, and you don't have to talk, but I need you to listen. Because there's some things that, as your mom... I know are important for you to hear and here they are. Mm. I have tried that with my, so my two youngest are boys. And so the oldest of the boys, I sat down with him not that long ago and said similar to that. You know, I feel like you're being, you're not fighting, you're not working to fix this. You put it on a shelf and understandably he's busy with his career and a new wife and, your mom's not the most important thing in your life at that point. Mm-hmm. But I said, if you don't move forward, then you're holding me hostage. So mm-hmm. could you work on this? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, but do you see that still puts it on him? Like you're not doing this. You're not you, you, you. It's more, well, he, uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. He said to me, well, mom, when you talk to me about this, I actually, I guess I didn't process this. I haven't dealt with it. I've just left it here in this box. And when you bring it up to me today, it's fresh. Like it just happened yesterday. And I feel like you kicked me in the stomach. Yeah. 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 Um, that's why I'm going to encourage a different approach. Okay. So instead of kind of going, if you don't work on this, you know, blah, 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 because it, 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 that kind of thing doesn't position you as the mom of I got you. It positions you more as like you're in this relationship and he needs to work on it. Like what mm-hmm. I really want you to do is step into this leadership, step into this matriarch energy, whether it's one kid at a time or you call your meeting with all your kids and you say, look, I'm the only parent you have left. Mm-hmm. Your dad was great in all these reasons and he's gone. And this is our family right now. 
And I know you have, some of you have your own families and I will support that, but I'm still the matriarch of this family. And there's some things that I'm going to talk to you about. You don't have to talk back. And it's important for you to know to move on with your life, to have healthy marriages. It's not healthy for this family to have dishonesty. It's not healthy for this family to have secrets. It's not healthy for you not to know the truth. And I've tiptoed around you for too long, and it's time for me to tell you the truth. And I'm sorry I didn't step up sooner. Those might not be the words, but can you feel the energy in that? Mm, I do, and that's exactly what I've been looking for. But I, I, it's, I hadn't put words to it, but that's what I've been feeling like. Like, this is my spot, and I want it back. Right. Well, and, and I get that. You can say that to me. But do you mm-hmm. see how that sounds kind of victim-y and it puts it on them to fix it? Mm-hmm. So I want you to be leader, not martyr. Like, like really own, I love you. I'm your mother. I'm going to love you no matter if you get mad about this conversation or not. I, I do know that telling you the truth is what is in the long run going to help our family, your family, all of it. Because again, like, and I, people can disagree with me. You can disagree with me. I'm just offering you my straight up opinion on this mm-hmm. based on doing this for a long time. And also following that work of John Bradshaw and family secrets and studying generational patterns and family constellations and all that. When there's not truth and when people have a skewed view of the way things happened. Like them not knowing the truth is preventing having a more connected relationship with the only parent they have. Mm-hmm. Like how much longer do you want that to go on? Who knows how much longer you're going to be around? And then they're going to have no parent. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say I want you to fight for the relationship, not in the sense of like, you need to forgive me. I want my place back. I'm your mother and I want you to love me but more about I'm the leader of this family. I've let it I've let it kind of get off the rails and I'm bringing it back. Yeah. And you can say, you don't have to like my new husband. You don't even have to come to the wedding if you don't want to. Like, but what you do need is to know the truth. Mm-hmm. And then you can make your decisions from there. And if you want to be mad at me for talking about your father after he passed, I'd rather have you be mad at me than not know the truth. Because we can get over, I believe we can get over that. And mm-hmm. I'm your mom and I will always love you. And you can, you can say this is not about bad-mouthing your dad, that he was great in all these ways. And I've told the truth back because I was trying to protect you. But what I've realized is actually hasn't protected you. It's estranged our family. And that's not protection. Mm-hmm. Again, you know the details. I don't. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this this has got to be your own words. I'm just trying to give you the right. energetic of it because I want them right. to see you as the leader, not as their mommy yeah. who needs them to love her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. right? And I yeah. haven't been a mother that long, but I know what it's like. It's like you so want to know your kids love you. Like I, I get that. I, I really do. And my coaching to you is – 
it, I, again, I could be wrong, but the approach I'm taking is eventually that they, they will get to that place. But mm-hmm. they, they need to see you as a leader. They need to respect you. And they deserve to know the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the truth isn't some, you know, gr- you know mind-blowing secret. It's more just <laughs> you saw him as a kid, sees an adult. Right. You didn't see him as, right. as an adult. So it's an adult. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Right. And, you know, the truth, not knowing the truth and the way you're holding it inside is preventing us from being a family. Mm-hmm. And our family's already been through enough grief. Like, enough. Do, do, they, do they get along, the siblings? They do. They're yeah. very close. Yeah. 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 Well, they, the four, one, they sort of, the three of them ostracized the oldest because she supported me from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that was tricky, but now they've sorted that out amongst themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and that's even something you can talk about, like having this division. We're a family. We're not like political parties. You know, like we, we work things out. We talk about things. We don't just talk behind each other's back and about each other and then estrange each other. That's not what we do. That doesn't sound very Christian to me. No. So I'm just you know, really encouraging you, Gail, to like be the matriarch, step into your leadership. Because on, again, I think it's a super subconscious thing, but I do feel <laughs> like your kids want to see you fight for them a little harder. Hmm. Yeah. And, I think their, their definition of that would have been, was if you break up with this person you're with, that will show us that you love us. And that's what they told me from the beginning, which I didn't do because I didn't think that that was their place as kids to make those decisions for me. Yeah. And that's something you can talk about. Like, Mm -hmm. how is me breaking that, like sacrificing my happiness, showing you I love you? Explain that to me. Because if, if you can explain it to me in a way that like really grabs my heart, I'll consider it. But an ultimatum, that's, that's not how we do things in this family. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can come at a little softer. I'm being a little intense. Mm-hmm. But you, can, you mm-hmm. can really hold them and say, I hear you. I can imagine you're hurt. I can imagine this feels like a betrayal. You can tell me what it feels like. But let's talk through it instead of just giving me an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, also, I feel like we've had those we've had those discussions to be on it. We have, but it just didn't get to anywhere. But it was more me being meek yeah. and we let me back in, not me saying, Here I am. Yeah. Here I am, I'm leading this family. This is how we're gonna do things. Again, mm-hmm. like I'm being a little intense and you have to find your own words, but that's the energetic mm-hmm. of it. Like uh, for your kids to have this much power in the family dynamic because you're trying to protect them from some truths, um, I think is killing a part of you inside. And that's why you're not feeling the joy that you want to feel because you feel like on some level you don't deserve it. Or like you're choosing this over your kids and that is a whole identity crisis for you because you've always really identified as a really great mother who does so much for her kids, but now you're choosing this thing that some of your kids don't approve of and like, well, you can still have it, but you better not be happy about it. 
Like you're in a big internal knot inside yourself between you as a mother and you as a woman. That's very true. And, and that knot needs to be untied. Yeah. And you know, there's like another knot there too that says I'm marrying somebody and to a family. And what does that say about my kids that don't want to come over or don't want to meet him? What does that say to his family? And what does that say to his family if they don't show up at our wedding? So maybe that's part of my knot too, as we head towards this and, because yeah. they are really good kids and they're nice kids, but they just look like jerks. Yeah. And this is all stuff you get to talk about with them. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, like if in their mind you cheated on their dad with this man and that's why your marriage broke up, then they have every right to be angry and not want to come. That's why there needs to be clarification. Mm-hmm about your experience, your side of things. They need to actually know you as the woman, not just the mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just a line there that I'm not sure about, like where you cross when I think about my own parents and what do you want to know and what you don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I think that's a tough one that I'd struggle with, which is probably why I haven't said more. When you just close your eyes... And lean into your own intuition. What do you feel is the best way to approach this? It, it's what you've said. I just feel like I got burned by that in the past because I went with my intuition and I said and did what I thought they would go. Okay, yeah, mom, we know, we saw it, we get it. And that didn't happen. So now I don't think I trust it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Was it 100% your intuition? Or was there any of the, like, guilt and grief and, like, wanting to get your kids back? Mm. Like when probably all messed up in there. Yeah. So, like, when you went in the past, like, there was your intuition, but there was also a neediness and a, and a wanting something from them. And a not, like, really getting into, as the mother, as a leader of this family – what do I need to say? What needs to be communicated? What do I need to ask? What needs to be worked out here? You know, because you're the mom and your family's in a little bit of a, you know, it's not optimized right now. No, it's not. And if you were the CEO of a company, you'd call in your people and be like, okay, we need to deal with this because like, we're going bankrupt. Some mm-hmm. things need to change. You know, the CEO go, do you like working for me? Is that why you're not performing well? Do you like me? Where does that fall with, for the last four years, with different kids, I've attended every birthday, Thanksgiving, Easter, but by myself. So if I'm married, I can't really leave my husband at home anymore. So where does that fall into this equation of the CEO having the meeting? Right. That's a great, well, you have the meeting alone. Your husband isn't there for that. But as part of the meeting, you talk about this. Like, are you going to support, like, can, you know, are you going to be supportive of me bringing my husband to birthday events? Like, will you accept my happiness? Not him. We accept that I'm happy. And yes, I loved your dad. And yes, I'm sad he died. But it doesn't mean I can't love someone else. And nothing we do now is going to change that. 
Correct. He's still gone, and we're we're not together anymore. Correct. So this is all stuff that needs to be discussed instead of like showing up at these birthday parties and hoping one day they'll say, oh, hey, bring Jim or whatever his name is. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, I want you to be, and again, it's totally up to you, mm-hmm. your own discernment, but my sense is being more direct and taking more of that leadership position in the family is going to serve all of you. Without being afraid, they're going to estrange from me again. I mean, that fear might be there. Is it a possibility? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I think if you really, again, I don't know all the details. So Mm -hmm. there's only so much I can, you know, um, go on based on what I know. But it seems to me if the truth is laid out on the table and they really see you and your perspective and know the truth and you're not withholding to protect them, then – it gives the opportunity for an actual authentic relationship. But to be showing up for your kids with in, in, in a like walking on eggshells way for fear of estrangement, I don't know how sustainable or healthy that is. It's not for me anyway. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah. And talk about not feeling joy. No one that walks on eggshells all the time feels joy. That's very true. How are you feeling now? Empowered. (laughs) That's the word. Just gave me a different way to look at it. And I see what you're saying. And I appreciate that. I just have to think through now. How do I put some feet to this? Yeah. Think through it. Talk through it with someone. Maybe have a conversation with a family therapist. You Mm -hmm. know, get some um, guidance. Like, Like, again, if you were calling an important meeting, you wouldn't just wing it. Exactly. Yeah. That's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope this was somewhat helpful and I really just, I'm just sending you a big mama hug. You're, this is a really honor and respect, you know, being a mom of four kids is not easy. And then having a tricky marriage and then having your husband die and, and have kids be estranged. It's, it's a lot that you're holding a lot that you're holding. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you, we, joy and happiness, like, that's something that you deserve. It really is. And in the, the long, like, big picture, your kids are grown and they're living their lives. And you have to live yours. Otherwise, you'll die resentful and regretful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So thank you to Gail. I have a lot of compassion for your situation because I know personally I can be someone who often treads lightly and am afraid to ruffle feathers and sometimes don't access that warrior woman inside of me because I don't want to lose somebody or risk the relationship getting worse and kind of wait for people to come around. But I've learned over the years that sometimes actually people are wanting you to fight for them. People are wanting you to speak up. It actually serves a relationship to be really honest, honest with love. Now, I didn't ask Gail for a lot of details because 
I didn't feel like it was necessary or that she really wanted to share them or that she really felt like dredging all that up in her time with me. What I did feel strongly is that her children have one parent left and children, I feel like need to know our parents will fight for us and risk us being mad or risk us pushing them away to have a relationship with them. And so that was my encouragement was for her to really take that leadership role. She said that her ex-husband really was the leader in the family. So he, who's the leader now? You know, she's the matriarch. She's the mom. And stepping into that matriarchal role of really being like, look, here's what happened. You're adults. This is the truth. I'm your only living parent. I love you more than anything in this world. I will do anything to have a relationship with you. And this is the truth. And I have found someone that I love. It was not what ruined the relationship with your father. I hope you can be happy for me. It's okay if you don't want to be, if you need to be mad at me, that's fine. I'll take it. But I can't keep walking on eggshells and not fight for my children. I have to fight for my children. And again, she can say it in her way and she, or she could not do this at all. It's completely up to her, but that's the growth opportunity for her. And I'm wondering, you know, in the marriage, if he was really in that leadership position, if she got used to without really even knowing it, taking that back seat and being in that more passive role. And so her kids know her in that more passive role and they haven't really seen her step up and take this more matriarchal leadership position in her family. So I think it's a growth edge for her and hopefully a growth opportunity for her family. And my biggest takeaway for you, especially for all of you who walk on eggshells and tiptoe around or try to protect everyone else is to really ask, is that the most loving thing to do? Like sometimes love can be messy and truth can be messy, but walking on eggshells and pretending and being a chameleon and all those things, that's really not love. So just consider that. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.